You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. John chapter 9 is a miracle recorded for us in the Gospel of John. And this is Jesus healing a blind man who was blind from his birth. I want you to notice in John chapter 8, verse number 57, this is what leads into John chapter 9. It says then, said the Jews unto him, Thou art not yet 50 years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? (laughs) Verse 58, Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. Notice he didn't just say before Abraham was, I was. He said, I am. Uh, He is the self-existent one. He is the Jehovah God. He always has been. He always will be. He has no beginning. He has no ending. He is eternal. And Jesus makes that statement to the Jews. And they were furious. Notice verse 59. Then took they up stones to cast at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. Now, if you had someone ready to kill you, I wonder if you would be a little distracted. I wonder if you'd have some things on your mind. I know I would. First of all, I'd be ticked off. I'd be ready to, you know, get somebody back. Or if I thought I couldn't get them back, I'd be getting out of there. Now, if I had Brother Dan Bybee around, you know, to protect me or... Maybe Brother Jake. Some of you don't know this about Brother Dave Webster. He's a piano player, but he's martial arts expert. You don't want to mess with Brother Dave. The man is tough. He's strong. He's got to buy a suit jacket, special order, just so the arms fit in there. But, but if I had one of these guys with me, I might feel tough. But if I was by myself, I might think, you know, I'm getting out of here in a hurry. I'd be thinking, I'm running for my life. Now, of course, we understand that Jesus is the Son of God. He's all-powerful. He's almighty and all those things. But notice chapter 9, verse number 1. After they try to kill him, chapter 9, verse 1, it says, And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, neither hath this man sinned nor his parents. And of course, we understand we're all sinners. But Jesus was saying, the reason this man is blind is not because of his sin. It's not because of his parents' sin. But notice the reason Jesus gives. But that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh. When no man can work, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle. And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he said unto him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. He went his way, therefore, and washed and came seeing. Our Father, I pray you'd speak to us these few moments. I thank you for the great music we've heard. I thank you for the blessing it's been to be in your house. And uh, Lord, you know my heart. I'd love just to be here for a long time tonight. 
But I feel like we've been blessed. I feel like we've been helped. And so I pray now that you'd help me to be very brief. But help me to say what needs to be said. And I pray that you'd speak to our hearts and do a mighty work in our lives because of your word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Number one, quickly, I want you to see in this passage, I see the path. Jesus passed by where this man was. Aren't you glad for the day that Jesus passed by where you were? Aren't you glad that when you were lost and, and undone and you were in this world without hope and without God and you had no way to get to God, aren't you glad that Jesus came to you? The Bible says that Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. I love that song in our hymn book. When I could not come to where he was, he came to me. Don't ever forget the day that Jesus came to you. Don't ever forget the day that you got saved. This was no accident. This was no coincidence. Jesus was on a mission before the foundation of the world, Jesus had it in his mind that he would save this blind man on this very day. I want to remind you tonight that Jesus is on a mission in your life. Jesus wants to save you. Jesus wants to help you. Jesus wants to heal you. Jesus wants to take the broken pieces of your life and put them back together. And by the way, he can. He is able. This man was blind. And as Jesus passed by, the Bible says, he saw this man. I'm glad to tell you that Jesus saw this man because this man couldn't see Jesus. This man was blind. And you say, well, yeah, this man was blind and he couldn't see Jesus, but, you know, I'm not blind. Well, maybe not physically. But the Bible tells us that there was a day when we were all blind spiritually. The Bible tells us that the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel should shine upon them that they might be saved. And there was a day when you were lost and I was lost. And there was a day that we were blind in our sin and we could not see the way. But I'm glad that Jesus saw us Amen. and Jesus came to where we were. I see the path. I want to tell you today, this week, Jesus has a path for you. There's some blind people that need some help. There's some people that are spiritually blind. There's some people that are discouraged. There's some people that are hopeless. There are some people that you and I can reach this week. And I thank God for Sunday singing and preaching. And I thank God for teen retreat. And I thank God for summer revival. But friend, if we sit on our padded pews in our air-conditioned building and we say, praise the Lord, but we never do anything to reach anybody with the gospel, we're missing the reason that God has placed us here. There's somebody going to be on your path this week that you can help. I see secondly in this passage, I see the perspective. Verse 2, his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin? Can I tell you, does that not sound like us sometimes? We try to sound so spiritual and we try to sound like, you know, we're so intelligent. This might have been the dumbest question recorded in Scripture. Jesus sees this blind man and these disciples have the audacity to say, I wonder whose fault it was. I wonder what bad thing he did. Well, I got news for you. If he was born blind, I kind of doubt he did anything too bad in the womb to be born blind, you know. 
I kind of doubt that that's the way it went down. But the disciples asked the question, and here's what I want to say, number two, their perspective. Not only do we see the path that Jesus took, but the perspective of the disciples was wrong. Their focus was wrong. They saw this blindness and they wanted to attribute blame. They wanted to attribute it to you. Somebody did this and somebody was responsible for this. Friend, can I tell you in life, there are times where bad things happen to good people. There are times when people go through trials and people go through tragedy and it's not anybody's fault. It's not because of your mistake or your foolishness or my foolishness. Sometimes bad things happen to good people. This man was born blind, but their perspective was wrong. I want to ask you, how's your perspective when you face trials? How's your perspective when you face hardships? How's your perspective when you see somebody else going through a hardship? Maybe there's somebody in this auditorium that's going through a hardship. Can I tell you what they need from us? They don't need us to say, I wonder what they did. I wonder what terrible sin is hiding in their life. I wonder what, how they got themselves in that mess. You know what we need? We need some people that'll say, I wonder how I can pray for them. I wonder how I can encourage them. I wonder how I could help them. I think about these teens that went on this retreat. You know what these teens need this summer and the school year and the months and the, the weeks and uh, years ahead? You know what they need? They need some adults that'll pray for them. And some adults that'll encourage them. And I don't mean that if they miss a service, you say, where were you last week? I thought you went to teen retreat. You know what they need? I'm glad you're here. I'm so glad to see you in church. Man, I'm so glad for what God's doing in your life. Friend, I want to tell you our perspective. Let's get our perspective. Let's get our focus back on the things that need to be and, and on the way that God would have us to focus. Number three, I see the purpose. The Bible tells us that Jesus answered their question and he said, neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. Did you know this man was blind? Because God had a special purpose for his life. Did you know that God has a special purpose for your life? Now, you may not be blind. You may not be lame. You may not have some physical infirmity. But maybe you've got a trial you're going through. Maybe it's emotional, maybe it's financial, maybe it's a job, maybe it's a relationship. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's, it's something that, that you're facing and it's something that was brought on by somebody else. It's not even something that you can control. And you say, why am I going through this? Why am I facing this trial? I'll tell you why. Because God has a purpose in your life. God allowed that trial. God allowed that situation. God was not caught off guard. Jesus didn't walk by this blind man and say, what happened to him? Can I tell you, Jesus knows the hairs of your head. He's got the sand of the seashore counted. He knows every time a bird falls to the ground. And God knows what you're going through. And he has a purpose for your life. And that purpose is that the works of God would be manifest that they would be revealed, that people would see your life and see you go through a hardship or see you go through a trial and say, wow, most people get angry. 
Most people get bitter. Most people get mad. Most people quit on God and quit on church. But here's somebody that is faithful through the trial. And guess what? When that happens, people see there's something different in you. And they know it's not you. And they know it's not me. They know it's the power of God working in us and through us. And God is glorified in that hardship. I see the purpose. I want to remind you this evening, no matter what you're going through, that God makes no mistakes. God does not make errors. God does not have mishaps. God uh, does not ever have to say, oh, wow, I messed that up. God is in control. And God knows what you're going through. And God has a purpose. Notice verse 4. Jesus said, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. Can I tell you, you and I, we have the opportunity to let Jesus Christ work in us and through us. And what a privilege. What an opportunity we have to let Jesus Christ do a work in our lives. I see in verse number four, I see there's an obligation. Jesus said, I must work the works of him that sent me. But I see, secondly, I see there's an opportunity. The opportunity is Jesus says, I must work while it is day. Because the night cometh when no man can work. You know what's interesting about opportunities? Is opportunities don't usually last forever, do they? You'll say, I've got this opportunity, but... I've got to take advantage of the opportunity. I've got to seize the moment. I've got to do something with it while I have the opportunity. For you and I, we have, I believe, an obligation. I think there ought to be a must in every Christian's heart to say, I must serve God. I must do something. I must get busy. But I also want to remind you, it's not just an obligation. It's an opportunity. We get to serve God. We get to be a part of the Lord's work. We get to come to church. If you're a Sunday school teacher, you get to teach Sunday school. If you sing in the choir, you get to sing in the choir. If you go out soul winning, you get to witness. And if you don't go out soul winning, you should still uh, look at it as a privilege and an opportunity that we get to tell people the good news of the gospel. We don't have to give. We get to give. We don't have to pray. We get to pray. We don't have to read the Bible. We get to. It's an opportunity that God has given us. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Well, you know what it says in Matthew chapter 5. We are supposed to let our light so shine. Well, where do we get that light? We get it from the light of the world. And you and I have the opportunity to let our light shine and to let Jesus shine in us and through us. Wouldn't that be Wonderful if we this week would let Jesus do a work in us and let Jesus shine in us and let Jesus shine through our lives that people would see Jesus in us. I see number one, the path. Number two, the perspective. Number three, there's a purpose. God had a purpose for this man. This man was not born blind by mistake or by accident. It was a part of God's plan. But uh, number uh, four, I see the plan, verses six and seven. Now, the purpose is that God had a purpose for this man being born blind, that the works of God should be made manifest in him. But then here's the plan. Jesus is getting ready to heal him of his blindness. Now, isn't that awesome? Now, I don't think the man knew what was going on unless he heard the sound effects of Jesus spitting. You know, he, didn't, he couldn't see it. But I imagine everybody else looking around is grossing out. How many of you get grossed out because of people's germs? Let me see your hands. Anybody like that? 
Um, I was talking to the Websters this morning. I was giving them some water bottles, and I asked them, I said, now, are you all okay to drink or off of each other or whatever? And that was kind of up for debate. They're, I'm not sure about all that. But, but I have a sister, my sister Jessica. I, I, we saw her a couple weeks ago uh, when we were in Iowa, and uh, she hadn't been here in a while when you get her to come and visit. But uh, my sister Jessica, when she was a teenager, she was so, so uh, uh, in, insistent that nobody drink off of her. Amen. Yeah, and we got another one up here. She didn't want anybody to touch her drink. She didn't want anybody to pretend to, to touch her drink. She didn't want anybody to look at her drink. I mean, she was that serious about it. Well, here we have Jesus getting ready to heal a blind man, and he spits on the ground. And he takes that dirt, that clay, and he, he mixes it with the, the spit. And he's going to use that to touch this blind man and to heal him. Now, I got news for you. That would not have been my plan. I just said, Jesus, could we skip the spit? Why not just touch me? Why not skip that part? And I got news for you. Sometimes... The way God chooses to do things are not always the way that we would choose to do things. You know what I think this involved? I think this involves some humility. How would you like it? And Brother Curry, I'm glad I know that you're the one that's like a germaphobe. Because for this illustration, I've got a, a bucket of dirt and I'm going to spit it. No, 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 I'm not going to do that. But could you imagine how that might feel? But guess what? It might take a little humility in our lives. You know, sometimes God does some things in our lives, I think, so that we will be humble. I think just to remind us that we are nothing without him. Oh, oh speaking of dirt, remember Genesis chapter 2, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Oh, speaking of dirt, you remember that passage in Jeremiah where the Bible says that that's actually what we are. We're clay. In the hand of a potter. And he is the potter and we are the clay. But I see the plan that God had for this man. You won't always understand the plan. You won't always like the plan. You won't always think it's the best plan. This man was helpless without Jesus and so are we. This man was humble and so ought we to be. But this man was healed. And so can we also be healed when we follow God's Plan. You say, what did this man have to do? He just had to obey. He just had to be willing to let Jesus touch him. He got up, he went to the pool of Siloam, and he washed, and the Bible says, and he came seeing. Now, to me, I think what this is saying is that I don't think he got healed until he washed in the pool. And can I tell you this? When you and I obey the Lord and we do what he says, God always blesses obedience. It doesn't always make sense. You don't always have it figured out. But you don't have to figure it out. It's not your plan. It's not my plan. It's his plan. I see quickly, number five, I see the power. He obeyed and he came away with this sight. He washed and he came seeing. Hallelujah. Verse number 21, I love this. By what means he now seeth, we know not, or who hath opened his eyes, we know not. They asked his parents. They said, we don't know. We weren't there. We weren't the ones that did it. Verse number 25. 
He answered and said, they, they said that Jesus was a sinner. This man answered and said, whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. But one thing I know, that whereas I was blind, but now I see. Can I tell you, that's some power right there. That's some power that a blind man is made to see. In children's choir tonight, my wife and I were in there and Miss Kelly and Alexis were in there and I was asking the children, I said, what's something powerful that God has done that you know from the Bible? I think it was Michael raised his hand and he said, he brought people back to life. I said, he sure did. Um, Lauren, I think Lauren said, he kept Daniel safe in the lion's den. Was it Lauren that said that? I forget who said that. And then... Um, one other, who was it? Was it Maddox, I think, that said something about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace? And you know what was so awesome? I didn't prep them. I just asked them, and they're, they're naming these Bible stories. And can I tell you, that same God who healed uh, 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 this blind man, that same God who protected Daniel, that same God who protected Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that same God has the power to save and to protect and deliver you and me. He is a powerful God. And he healed this man. And this man said, all I know is I used to be blind, but now I can see. That's power. But then we get to verses 35 through 38. And Jesus heard that he, they had cast him out. They cast this man out um, from their midst. And when he had found him, he said unto him, dost thou believe on the Son of God? He answered and said, who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? Jesus saith unto him, Thou hast both seen him, and it is he that talketh with thee. And he said, Lord, I believe. Amen. Did you know the greatest miracle in this story was not that the blind man got his sight back? The greatest miracle in this story was that this man was washed from his sin. He was born again. He put his faith and trust in Jesus Christ. You say, how did he do it? By believing. Acts 16, 31, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be what? Saved. That's the greatest miracle of all, that a lost sinner can be saved by the grace of God. That person who is on their way to hell can be transformed, can be transferred, uh, can be uh, transferred from death unto life. Hallelujah. For the power that Jesus had, not only to heal, but to save this man from his sins. Lastly, I see number six, I see the praise. Chapter 9, verse number 11, he answered and said, A man that is called Jesus made clay, and he anointed my eyes. And he said unto me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went and washed, and I received sight. I love this. You know what this blind man did? All through this passage, verse 11, verse 15, verses 16 and 17, verses 24 and 25, verse 30. Every time anybody asked, he just said, Hey, I didn't do it. He did it. I didn't do it. I couldn't heal myself. If I could have healed myself, I'd have done it a long time ago. But he said, it wasn't me. It was him. And Fred, I want to tell you, when God does a work in our lives, I hope we're quick to point the finger of praise. Say, God did it. I couldn't do it. I couldn't figure it out. I had no idea what to do. But he did it. Notice verse number 38 again. We're done. I see the praise. 
he kept talking about how Jesus did it and Jesus touched him and Jesus healed him and Jesus gave him his sight. And then verse 38, he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. You know, when Jesus does a work in our lives, I hope we're very, very quick to respond by praising him and worshiping him. What is it that Jesus has done in your life? Well, if you're here tonight and you're saved, that's a reason to worship him. If you're here tonight and you're still alive, let me tell you, that's a reason to worship him. There's some crazy people out there. I drove this past week on Interstate 95. I'm telling you what, there's some, there's some crazies out there. Some of them are coming up from South Carolina. Some of them are coming down from Virginia. And a few of them have infiltrated our midst and they live in North Carolina. And the fact that we're here tonight, it's of the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed. That's a reason to give him praise. But what about the miracles that God has done? What about the people in this room who've been on our prayer list? And we prayed and you prayed and God healed. What about the things that God has done that you maybe never even made public? It was such a, a, a burden. It was such a, a heartache. It was such a, a difficulty that you couldn't even express it. God stepped in. And can I tell you, he's done it before, and I believe he can do it again. Let's praise him, and let's worship him. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve him this week.